Hi, my name is Mary Herod, and joining me once again is Dr. James Abraham. We also have Anna Amanatidis with us today. Anna is a longtime NUA volunteer and a member of the New South Wales Health Consumer Reference Committee. Anna is a Greek woman, and she's the mother of three beautiful Aboriginal children. This podcast focuses on SafeScript. Uh, I'll start with you, James. Uh, what's your experience with SafeScript? Oh, thanks, Mary. Um... Yeah, look, SafeScript is something that I've been using more and more uh, in a way that's sort of integrated into my everyday clinical practice with patients over the last few months. Um, and I found it a very, very useful and informative tool. Um, it's helped a lot, actually, uh, both with my decision making and, um, and being able to offer things to the patients uh, that I might not have initially offered, especially on a first consult. So for me, it's been, and there's probably going to be lots more of them, a, um, a decision support tool, not a decision-making tool. So it's there to sort of be a tool that I can look at and, um, and decide. Uh, it, it informs me uh, more than I would have been informed about what's been going on with prescriptions and, and dispensed medications with a patient. So when you say it um, sometimes allows you to prescribe when maybe you wouldn't have before, can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, well, um, as we know, there's the sort of, um, I guess there's the alert system on SafeScript that, uh, you know, um, prescriptions come up color-coded and, and it tells us what's going on with regards to, you know, um, uh, any potential, you know, uh, risk. Uh, and it's really just there to, be a piece of information that we can choose to accept or, or not take on. I had, I had a brand new patient um, who I hadn't seen before. Um, and this patient um, was on, um, he's someone who is um, living with uh, a drug dependency. Um, and so he's taking oral, um, opiate substitution therapy. And he came to me a month after a horrific motor vehicle accident with you know pins in his legs and scars that are healing and um, accidents all over him, and um, it would normally be a situation which for most average GPs would get their heckles up. You know we would you know that's the sort of situation where um, and um, you know it was a very um, sincere presentation where he, he really had a, a terrible job of managing his pain in the context of being someone who's on um, opiate substitution therapy. So I think because of that, I, it, he got the impression that the hospital couldn't wait to sort of discharge him as soon as possible. And then he'd been given a couple of scripts of Panadine Ford, which will do absolutely nothing when someone is already on. And, and for this gentleman, he was on a combination of you know, buprenorphine and naloxone. So his opiate receptors were already <laughs> blocked by the naloxone. So this guy really was having a very tough, tough time and it was really helpful to be able to look at his safe script to see that he had a regular opiate substitution, um, you know, treating clinician, that he was having regular prescriptions, regular dispensing, and everything checked out. And he just had these horrible injuries with a tremendous amount of pain. And so that gave me the sort of confidence to be able to um, prescribe for him there and then in the moment, in the first consultation. He didn't even have his discharge summary with him. You know, these would all be red flags as far as most GPs are concerned. No discharge summary, first presentation, new patient, et cetera. Um, but then to be able to see that there on SafeScript gave me the confidence to be able to sort of, you know, get this guy the analgesia and the sort of amount of analgesia that he needs um, 
to be able to deal with his post-op pain. For me, I was already logged onto SafeScript that day and I just had to plug in first name, last name, date of birth and up came the details. And I could immediately address the patient's needs in that you know, first consultation, which was really satisfying. I still did it with a fair bit of conservatism uh, in terms of yeah. the dispensing because I don't know this guy's um, sort of needs and you know, I'm not his regular practitioner, all that kind of thing. But I was yeah. able to at least give him something to relieve the pain that he was in. There's, um, there's other examples like uh, where, um, for example, I've got a patient who's on not, not the best regime for her um, pain relief in terms of you know, lots of high dose PRN analgesia, um, very difficult to switch over to something that would be more convenient and longer acting. Um, and, and everything is red on SafeScript, the whole thing. It's just one giant red, you know? Uh, and I think what's important to understand is that, you know, that there might be fears about things like, and I think a lot of GPs have these fears, that the pharmaceutical regulatory unit is going to come after us and things like that. And it's red, so I can't prescribe. But um, really, uh, in this instance, the patient is very uh, closely and, um, and sort of uh, tightly monitored and, and supported with a pain um, specialist, with a drug and alcohol specialist, and with their GP, myself, who's doing the prescribing. So that, you know, this has been managed in a multidisciplinary uh, you know, manner, everything is being, you know, above board, everyone can see what's going on here. Um, and that this is really a shared sort of decision amongst myself and the other specialists involved in her care. So there's another example, I guess, of, you know, we, it's yeah. not, it doesn't have to define our practice. Um, and uh, so long as it's, it's there to highlight that there is a risk. And so long as that risk is being managed, and you know, that what you're doing is, you know, clinically appropriate, uh, it's just information. Yeah, I mean, it also that example really highlights the fundamental importance of like a good GP care for me and how important it is for people's overall health that they have a, like a, a positive relationship with a general practitioner. I just think that's so absolutely important. I, and, the, and the other thing I'd say is, is when we consult with community and with people around um, opioid uh, substitution treatment in particular, People are actually reluctant to ask for painkillers it, it, and, and often don't ask for the painkillers that they might need uh, because they think they'll be turned down. Um, so it's great to know that SafeScript can be a tool in getting people um, pain relief when that's what they need. I just uh, would like to go to Anna for a moment. Um, so Anna, what are your experiences with a patient as a patient with the SafeScript system? I actually had a sort of horrible start to it um, yep. with my GP of 20 years. I was up against some stigma and discrimination because of my past drug use history. Yep. And I had a car accident and I needed to have pain medication regularly, and I still do. And so throughout that process, um, I had to seek other uh, G, uh, specialists' um, opinions and um, and and direction. And with my doctor, though, she was really hesitant at the start to have the conversation with me about SafeScript. Um, it was 
sort of like a tool to say, no, I don't want to prescribe um, until I was part of another group that was part of SafeScript and rolling it out in New South Wales, where I was educated on what SafeScript's all about. So I had to sort of stand up for myself and be bold with my doctor and say, look, my, you know, my history is one thing, but where I'm at now with the circumstances I find myself in, um, medication is only one part of that overall health plan. And I don't want to feel discriminated against because, you know, this pain medication has got its own stigma and discrimination around it. Yes, I'm seeing a specialist, pain specialist. I'm also going to physio. I'm also seeing counsellor. I'm also doing all these things in regards to my overall health plan and medication is just one component. But having that conversation at the start was really hard. You know, I'm, I'm just one human being. I have a right to have good health practice and a good health plan. And, you know, you've been my doctor for 20 years. So can we work this out? And with that, I've now been able to change that whole dynamic. Um, and I'm really proud of that fact that she's been wow. able to open up and be accommodating to my actual needs now, instead of looking at me from where I was 20 years ago. So is your relationship good nowadays? Yeah, it's um, it's progressing. It continues. It's a work in progress. It's a continually, um, you know, SafeScript has been a great tool for her because it's now we're in this understanding that it's not a product to say no to things. It's a product there to help have a conversation, you know, say that uh, actually I'm on, you know, uh, heart medication and, and I was also needing anxiety medication and, you know, her being able to see it all together and then give me the information, the, the education information about two different medications, the anxiety medication and the pain medication that, you know, both of them together, yes, they might have a sticker on the box saying, um, you know, don't use machinery and don't, you know, you may cause drowsiness and whatnot, but having that more deeper conversation that, you know, these things might happen, you might have fl heart flutterings or you might, you know, come, your blood pressure will go down. So it's not a great thing to have them both mixed up and just being able to have that conversation and start that conversation was a good thing, you know. Yeah, um, um, yeah that that's um, amazing. And, and I think that's really like a key point, that listening and conversation. Um, just going back to you, James, uh, how do you start that conversation with a patient about SafeScript uh, in, in your practice? It is an interesting moment when you introduce SafeScript. So I think uh, a little bit of a uh, explanation about what you're doing and why you're doing it before you open up that file and getting the patient's consent, you know, like I'm going to have a look at this. If we're going to, you know, if you want me to prescribe this, then that's just something that I have to do. Are you okay with that? And if they're not okay with that, you know, then you give them an out, you know, um, we don't have to go through something that's going to be really potentially uncomfortable for them um, and, you know, offer in a sort of, you know, amicable way that, you know, if they wanted to end the consultation, then I'm okay with that. And we don't have to look this up. Um, and if they're happy to look it up, and I just explain what it does show. So it's an interesting example of, um, of a patient that came in specifically to do home detox for alcohol withdrawal. Um, and, in this instance, um, 
I did look up his uh, SafeScript thing. I explained it to him and I basically just said, you know, we're going to be uh, looking this up to sort of just check, you know, your previous um, prescriptions and dispensing of any of these kind of medications. And I just explained, you know, obviously the benzodiazepines, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, it's very different if we're treating um, someone who has a dependence on benzodiazepines compared to someone that um, is needing it for alcohol withdrawal purposes. So they're different kinds of prescribing, et cetera. So I sort of opened up, okay, so if you have a dependence, there's something there that we can be talking about without saying you have a drug dependence. But when I'm looking at SafeScript, the intent is to sort of um, check what's been happening in the past to ascertain whether you have a drug dependence or whether you're needing this for alcohol withdrawal purposes. So in that initial instance, I, I guess, hopefully, some, uh, there was some pre-framing there that it's okay if you have a drug dependence, we're just going to see that and we'll be able to deal with that, you know, and support you with that. Um, now, I've never had anyone where there was a moment where we really did feel like, oh, you've been caught out, um, probably because I tend to have that initial conversation first. And so for this patient that was coming in for alcohol um, withdrawal, um, there were a couple of interesting things. One was there were a couple of scripts there that he, he didn't mention about previously. And he said, yeah, look, I didn't really want to tell you because I thought that you would judge me and not give me what I'm wanting at the moment. There were also a couple, and, and that was just not because he actually had a drug dependence, but because he just didn't want to disclose extra scripts. He thought that that would lead to, uh, you know, um, the sort of stigma, discrimination, and a preconception that he does have a drug dependence, but he didn't. Because I also saw there were quite a few scripts there which were dispensed but never filled. And that's really interesting too. So this guy clearly doesn't have a drug dependence. He had these prescriptions dis um, written. He never dispensed them. Um, and, you know, and, and, and there was only a couple of those. And he said, yeah, look, I got the script, but um, I had to go and take care of my daughter. And at that time, I didn't want to go through, you know, the withdrawals so i never just filled that script i'm not sure where it is and you know and there was only a couple of those over the last sort of you know 12 months so i think it's it is a really interesting and you could and, and in that instance you know i just highlighted that yeah there were a couple of other scripts that were dispensed and what happened and it was actually a great opportunity to work out why the previous um you know alcohol withdrawal attempts um didn't work for him that time and so we could incorporate some of the failings uh and and translate them into learnings um, and so without that, we wouldn't have been able to address a few of those things, like the fact that there wasn't adequate, you know, stress, you know, alternative stress management strategies during his previous withdrawals and things like that. But I think just a little bit of that pre-framing that whatever happens here, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to take on your regular, you know, um, regular sort of um, prescribing but whatever happens here, I'm okay. And we'll, we'll do whatever we can to sort of support you either way, you know, um, so that patients don't feel like they need to run out of the room or, or that they've been found out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've illustrated um, a number of really important qualities in that and, and safe coach has actually supported you in um, evening out the power imbalance. So starting the conversation by giving the patient a choice uh, is in, is giving that patient some agency in the in the clinical encounter. Um, it allowed you uh, to display like a non-judgmental attitude. I'm going to help you, whichever way it goes. Um, and it also like 
you could really focus in on that person and their experiences by being having an idea of their history and saying, okay, like this works, this doesn't work. So you, you know, you've been, you've given a really great example of person-centered care and how SafeScript actually supported that. Um, but, you know, uh, Annie's like a perfect example of having been able to use that to um, engage even deeper with the GP at levels that weren't previously uh, engaged. So hopefully, you know, uh, it can be incorporated into just another decision support tool that can help further personalize patient care. Yeah, and that's a real advantage of GP care is you, you have that ongoing relationship. James and Anna, is there any final advice you have either for people that are seeking healthcare or clinicians? Yeah, I would really appreciate the empathy and understanding and, you know, um, individually being looked at and to be un- to be open to have a conversation around your health needs. Um, it, I would like to see that and, and be educated. I'd really like to see the GP to be educating you as well as helping you with your overall health plan, you know, to involve you in the process. Um, Has to. Yeah. Um, I'll just, James, do you have any final advice? Yeah, look, I, I just sort of um, want to, uh, I guess, I, I empathise with all the GPs out there because, you know, like the you know latest Health of, Health of the Nation report from the RICGP shows that we are at an all-time high in terms of burnout, in terms of, you know, people leaving the profession, um, like, you know, lowest numbers of medical graduates going into general practice. It is hard work. And, mm-hmm. um, and for a lot of the, a lot of GPs, this is not business as usual. This is not um, something they're used to, and the idea of doing something that they're not used to, um, just even the mental burden of sort of trying to expand your practice is hard. You know, um, just the 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 being able to do that in a way that they they feel clinically safe and comfortable with. So I guess just you know some empathy for the GPs out there, and and understanding that you know. That, that there there is apprehension there about this for many practitioners because they they see it as a uh, an extra load or an extra burden you know which is it doesn't necessarily have to be but to get there actually requires a fair bit of sort of you know education and, and training and change in practice um, so making that change is not easy or um, immediate in that time Re- regarding the tool um, I've I found it a fantastic you know, most of the time it's been enabling to the to the patients more than I would have otherwise been. So it's been a fantastic enabler um, to sort of um, provide more and better care than I would have otherwise and, and to also save me time and effort in terms of doing my due diligence as a practitioner. Um, and I think with regards to GPs and, and opening this up with the patients there and having that conversation, I think we need to be really mindful that it is a pivot point in that consultation you know when you do this you 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 have to realize what you're doing and be very mindful compassionate sensitive to the patient about what is going on there and it can be perceived as another tool to further the power imbalance in the consultation and make that patient feel smaller than they already did so um i think just being mindful that you know you you don't just open it up and deal with it later try and prepare that space between you and the patient um, to receive whatever news comes in from SafeScript. So just being re- do, using it mindfully, not just reactively in a busy, rushed manner. 